0: So we're starting this new series, and then when I think about this uncommon sense, I think about something else. I think about common sense, right? And so I think when it comes to common sense, that, that we all have some people that come to our mind that we go, they just have a lot of common sense. But I also think we have some people that come to our mind that we go, they don't seem to have very much common sense. We, we, we actually uh, watch this happen in, in our household. This is one of my observations, right, that that when I look out and I see this thing about common sense, that that, that it seems to me like the people that seem to just really have the the highest amount of common sense aren't necessarily the highest academic achievers out there. And when it comes to the highest of academic achievers, they aren't typically the ones that have the highest amounts of common sense. And so watching our kids grow up and, and, and seeing some of this unfold that we had a child that didn't seem to have very much common sense, still doesn't, and, and we had another child that, that just seems to have a whole lot of common sense. And, 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 and so when we look at our kids, that, that one of them actually graduated from Clemens High School, number 16 in their class, when I graduated in the middle of my class. Um, <clears throat> and, and so just did very well that, uh, that that particular child is just extremely book smart. And and then we have another child that is extremely street smart. Now, this child did fairly well, pretty well academically too, and graduated in the top 5% of of their class. And so we we look at them and we go, okay, there's this dynamic here and, and it just seems to be the norm. Because wouldn't you know, and some of you guys know my kids, you know exactly which one I'm talking about when I say I've got a street smart one and i got a book smart one and that and uh, one just doesn't have much common sense and the other one seems to have a whole lot of common sense. But, but if you didn't know my kids, then you would probably be able to guess that the one that had the highest academic achievement is the one that just seemed to lack having a decent amount of common sense. Now, that's just the norm. There's there's always going to be some people that are going to be the the exception to that. But, But when it comes to uncommon sense, that there is no norm when it comes to this uncommon sense, because there are brilliant people that have uncommon sense, and then there are brilliant that don't, that then you could notch it down to smart people. You could bring it down to average people. You could bring it down to below average people. And, and across the board, you're going to find that, that whatever category somebody might happen to be in with their level of smarts is that there are going to be some just across the board that seem to have uncommon sense. And that then there's going to be some that don't have this uncommon sense. And so what is Uncommon sense. What is this really about? Where am I taking this? The uncommon sense is wisdom, that's uncommon sense. And that's what we're going to be looking at for the next several weeks. We're going to be looking at this uncommon sense. We're going to be looking at wisdom and what is it about it and how do we get it and what do we do and can we leverage it and do, do, what do we find when we go, hey, I, I don't seem to have it and what is it that you need to do to be able to get some of it and we're going to be spending some time on this and today we're going to get started as we kick this off with wisdom Versus knowledge. We're going to talk a little bit more about that as well in the future, but, but we're going to kick it off this way because wisdom and knowledge are not the same thing. That, that we ended up doing something this weekend that didn't really appear on the surface like we were exercising any wisdom in, in what we were doing. And, and unless you had knowledge, people were probably really going, oh, we have no idea what you were up to. That we ended up doing this double date with some friends, and, and we had done an evening with them before, and, and at that previous evening, we found out that they had this book that they really have as this dating book, and it's just about breaking the monotony with dating, and so in this book, that there's just all sorts of uh, areas that are just covered that, that's a scratch and reveal that you don't really get to know what your date is going to be, what your activity is going to be, but it gives you little hints. And so, like, the one that we kind of circled and said, okay, let's, let's do that one, that, that some of those hints were that it's going to be $30. You, you need to be prepared to spend $30 a couple to be able to do this, and that if you have kids, you're going to need to get a sitter for your kids, that in this one, it told us that we were going to need to have socks for, for this activity, that we'd need to make sure that we had those. It even had a scripture reference for a hint. Matthew 20, 16, the last shall be first and the first shall be last. And so it, th- that's, that's what it had for us. And, and so we, we picked that one not knowing anything else. And then you had to take this big silver block and you had to scratch off and find out, well, what are the details? What are we going to actually do? What, what, what is this? And so we quickly start reading and we're going to go bowling. It's like, great. And, and and as you go bowling, here's some of the instructions, some of the rules that everybody's going to need to pick a, a name, not your own name, a creative name, and, and you're going to put that in. It's going to go up on the screen, and that's how anybody that wants to look and see what's going on with you, they're going to see that name for you, that, that you need to actually put the bumpers up, which is like, we're four capable adults. We really don't need to have bumpers, but, but okay, so, so you got to put the bumpers up, and you have to use a creative move every time you bowl. You, you cannot bowl the same. You can't take your regular bowl. No, every time you get, it has to be different. And, and and there was one other thing that you need to know. They said the person with the lowest score wins. Now, I don't know if you've ever bowled with bumpers up trying to not knock down any pins. It is extremely difficult. In fact, the, the, the people that were watching us and observing us, I'm sure that they had to be kind of go, what is up with them, right? Just watching us and the bumping, you know. And and, and so we, we would and and, and we we'd take it and hit it and you know somebody would end up getting a spare. When they got the spare, the, all of us would be like, oh, yeah, the person that just knocked down and they're like, uh, uh, you know, they're, they're upset that they got a spare. People are looking at them like, what, what? And and then when we missed. The pens. We were celebrating. Yeah! yeah! And they're just looking at us and going, what are you guys doing? They, they didn't have any knowledge and, and understanding of what we were doing. But see, you have that knowledge now of, of what we were doing. And, and, and some of you guys are going to go, hey, that's pretty good. That's the best part of this. You've never delivered a message so good, Well, We're going to go apply. it. We're going we're to do this. But there was some wisdom to it. And here's the wisdom that when you date your spouse and when you get together with other couples, both of these things will strengthen your marriage. And, and there's this wisdom in doing this. See, you, you, you can know that there's this thing called dating, but unless you actually, after you get married, unless you break the monotony and go, um, are we gonna do something besides Netflix tonight? That, that unless you break the, you're not going to end up growing and thriving in your relationship. And, and so there's value in doing that. Well, well, there's a difference between knowledge and wisdom. And so to, to understand knowledge, that, that this would be a good way to understand it, is that knowledge, it's, it's the accumulation of data. It's the, it's the accumulation of information. That's knowledge, that, that you get to know something because now you have this information. You've got the data set. You, you know these things. But that's knowledge. And, and there's something different about wisdom, is that wisdom is based on understanding. And when you have this understanding, it's this understanding of what to do with the knowledge. And, and, and so when you have this wisdom, now you have this understanding of, of what to do with it. And when you have that wisdom, you typically don't stop with an understanding, you actually do something because of your understanding. And true wisdom is understanding things from God's viewpoint. And maybe you're here or maybe you're online and, and you're listening to this and, and maybe you're just at a place you're going, I haven't crossed the line of faith. I'm not sure that God really exists. I'm really not sure about Jesus. And maybe you're at this place that you just don't know any of these things yet and you can't confirm them. And so there's just some knowledge out there for you, but you're just not sure what you're gonna do with that. Well, I think this is going to be a great series for you to stay tuned into because we're going to get to see uh, th- these different pieces about wisdom from our designer, from God, and-, and these things about wisdom that we should be applying to our lives. And when we begin to apply these to our lives, we're going to see that, that the meaning of life just seems so much better and that we get to enjoy this thing called life so much more. That wisdom it can give you something that knowledge cannot do because wisdom gives you a game plan in light of the facts. It gives you this game plan of what is it that we could do and it doesn't stop there it turns into a should do it turns into a will do. what is it that we will do in light of the facts. Now, the opposite of wisdom is foolishness. And I've made a lot of foolish decisions in my nearly 55 years of living. In fact, we're not going to stay here and just keep listening to me share all of my foolish decisions because some of you guys need to get to work tomorrow, right? And and so I'm not, but I'm I'm just going to share just a couple with you just briefly that one of the foolish things that is pretty much in my past with, with very little exception is procrastination. That, that I, I used to be a, a big-time procrastinator. I mean, it was like, hey, why do today what you can put off till tomorrow, <laughs> right? And, 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 and that's, that's the mentality of a, of a procrastinator. But, but once you begin doing things today that aren't due today, you end up finding you have more time to think about it, more time to do it, and and they end up being better. And and you end up finding the value that that goes far beyond what you could do if you were just a procrastinator. Now, here's another area for me. that I used to be the guy that um, when I bought a car, that I I would not hold on to it very long. In fact, when you buy a brand-new car, they give you your, um, inspection that's good for two years. And when that was expiring, I just lived like, I guess it's time to get a new car, (laughs) you know? And, and I did, I, I wasted a lot of money just, just, just flipping cars that I didn't need to be flipping. And I'll give you one last one. And it's my approach to credit. When I got married, I was 26 years old and, and, and I I brought into our marriage $60,000 worth of what I would call consumer debt. And this consumer debt, there was no student loan debt to it. But my, my education was gifted to me. I, I didn't have any of that. I'm not even counting the automobile that I had a loan for because I had an asset for that one. $60,000 in debt, and I really didn't have much to show for it. There's probably a few things in my closet that I could point to. Oh, yeah, that, But it, I just didn't have things that I could add up to, to what this was. I, I actually went to the, the usinflationcalculator.com to see what, what would that be like today. And it, wouldn't you know, it's 100, it just double. It's 120000 That's what it would be today is what, what I did, And I had nothing to show for it. And, and so we, we'd been married, and we'd only been married a few months and, and I really got this itch that I really felt like that we needed to buy a boat. <laughs> H- had we knocked down that debt? No. <laughs> but, but, but I was like, we, we, we really need to get it. And so I, I had to arm wrestle Cheryl for it because she really wasn't in favor of it. And so I, I won the arm wrestling match, okay? And, and so we did. We went out and bought a boat. We went out and bought a brand new boat. Now it was $14,000, but that's Okay. Because we were able to afford the payments. Because we put it on a 12-year loan. Who buys something for $14,000 and says, we're going to take 12 years to pay it off? Somebody who is foolish, right? And, and so we'll, we'll kind of stop there. And um, I don't need to keep sharing these foolish things. And, but, I, but I will have you know that... Um, I decided I really wasn't gonna bring any current foolish things that I'm doing. And I decided I would just point out ones from my past because I wasn't brave enough to tell you areas of my life where I am still being foolish. But, but we all got some things that we could be learning and areas in our life where we could be making wiser decisions and doing more with our life. And when it comes to these foolish choices of our past, that, that, that we've all got them and we all need things from our past, we, we need them to, to be something that we get set free from, to be set free from our past. And really, when I think about Jesus, I think that that's really what he is up to and what he is about, that Jesus can free you from your past, but he won't force you to make wise choices going forward. That's on you, Right? That he, will, he, he will set us free. He will break us free from our past. That, that's who he is. It's his nature to forgive us, restore us. But when it comes to making wise decisions, as we move forward, that's on us to make those wise decisions. That the, the Bible, that, that when we take the time to read it and study it, we end up finding there's a lot of wisdom in here that has been preserved for us for how we can live our best life. And and throughout the series, we're gonna be looking at a book called Proverbs. And in this book of Proverbs, it is a book of wisdom. And in this book of wisdom, it's written by a guy named Solomon. And if you don't know anything about Solomon, he was a king. And as he was becoming king, God said to him, You can ask me for any one thing and I will give it to you. I will grant you. You you can just ask me for one thing. And Solomon thought about it. He pondered it. And then he ended up letting God know what he wanted. And what he asked for was wisdom. God, will you give me wisdom? And God's response to Solomon was that because you asked for wisdom, you, you didn't ask for money. And you didn't ask for fame, but you asked for wisdom. Because you asked for wisdom, I'm going to give you the wisdom that that, that there's going to be no contemporary like you. Nobody will compare to you. But also because you asked for wisdom, I'm going to give you wealth and fame that no contemporaries will compare to either. He was wise enough to ask for wisdom, and he got a whole lot more than just wisdom. In this book of Proverbs, it's it's Solomon creating this memoir that he's writing to his son because he wants to share some wisdom with his son and for his son to learn some things. And so we're going to pick this up in Proverbs chapter 9 is where we're going to start today. And and in Proverbs chapter 9, what we see is he's been writing, 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 writing. He he, he gets to this point that he really wants to share this piece of wisdom. So Proverbs 9 verse 10 is where we'll start. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. So he says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And and that might be a little um, hard to comprehend and to understand. What's the value? We're just supposed to be afraid of God and that's the beginning of wisdom? Well, this is probably the best way I can help you understand what Solomon is getting at. That as I was growing up, I had a fear of my father. But also growing up, I thoroughly enjoyed being with my father. That he would give me one on one time, we would do sports things together, we would do other entertaining things together. He, he, he was really great about prioritizing what we would do as a family. And he and my mom, we'd just, we just, we constantly did vacations together and creating memories together. It, it, it was just, it was great. But yet, I also feared my father. And probably the the best way I could help you understand this is when when my dad wasn't around, because he's at work or or whatever, but but when he was physically not at home, and and there was my mom, and I would do something that really I shouldn't have been doing, and I'm getting caught, and and my mom wants to discipline me, that um, it just didn't put much fear in me for mom to discipline me. It's like, yeah, okay, well, you know, I, I, it just, and when she could sense that her discipline wasn't really doing anything, she would say this, just wait till your father gets home. And when she said those words, I was defeated, right? I, it was like, uh, I, I, now I know that I'm in trouble. Because my father was a thorough disciplinarian. But that wasn't the only thing that he was. And so I, I, I love my dad. I have a great connection with my dad. He's still to this day. I just don't have much discipline from dad today. And I really like that. Um, that that part's. But I couldn't appreciate that when I was a kid. But I can absolutely appreciate that now. And Solomon as he's writing to his son. He says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom verse 11 for through wisdom your days will be many and years will be added to your life if you are wise your wisdom will reward you if you are a mocker you alone will suffer since the fear of the Lord is where the beginning of wisdom is, it's not the end of wisdom, it's just the beginning of wisdom. And we're going to be spending some time together looking at how do we grow in wisdom. And so let me start by giving you a working definition of wisdom, that wisdom is rightly applying knowledge. That's wisdom. That's going to be our working definition, our our working understanding of what wisdom is. It's rightly applying knowledge, rightly applying the the data, the information, that we rightly apply that. But what is foolishness? That foolishness is wrongly applying knowledge. That, that, that when we wrongly do this, that, that we we know some things and then we apply that in a wrong way and in, in a bad way in our lives or even for other people. And you know, there's this tension in our lives that we end up having. And this tension that we end up having in our lives is this tension is that there's God's wisdom, but there's our choices. That we got God's wisdom, but yet we have our choices, the, the choices that we are going to end up making and that we all have the, 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 the freedom and the choice that, that we all get to decide whatever it is that we're going to decide. That, but when it comes to God, what God says, it's right and it's true and it's good. And, and whatever he's got to say about whatever area of life we're talking about, it is right and it is true and it is good. That he could be talking about relationships, he could be talking about money, that he could be talking about sexuality, he could be talking about caring for the poor, he could be talking about faith. Well, whatever it is that God's talking about, he is right, he is true, and he is good. And what we end up doing is that we end up looking at what God says is right, and yet we still choose to go, well, how am I feeling right now? What is it that I want to do? And we make our own choices. And you know how we make our choices? We make our choices by doing what we think will have the best outcome for us. What do I think is going to have the best outcome for me? Or what do I think is going to have the best outcome for what or who I care about most? And we do. We end up making these choices based on what we think the outcome will be. And it could be making a choice about where to go to college or what major to pursue. It could be about making a choice about, hey, do we take that job offer or do we not? It could be an investment. Hey, do we let it ride or do we take it out? And we just choose. We make our choices about what we think is going to be the best option for us. How do you know if you've made the wisest choice? How do you know if, if you, you made it based on your But how do you know if you made the wise choice? Because see, we can know when we made the unwise choice. That that one's so easy to measure. Here's just an example, right? That, that, that you go to the store and there's checkout lines and, and you've got your little stash of what you want to check out with and you're kind of in a hurry. You're just getting these few items, but, but you're looking at the lines. You're not going... You're, and, and you're smart enough to know, it's not necessarily the longest line or the shortest line that determines how fast or slow it is. And so you start scanning and looking at how many things do people have. And, and, and as you, after you scan that, then, then you make up your mind, you make up your choice of, of where you're going to go to check out. And if you're not in much of a hurry, that's the end of it. But when you're in a real hurry, you, you, you're, you're fretting, and, and you're just constantly scanning and going, did I make the right choice? And, and, and you've got the people. You, okay, they stepped up. I could have had that spot. They stepped up, and I could have had that spot. And, and when one of them checks out before you do, you look at that and go, I didn't make the wise choice. So so, so we know, we've got plenty of affirmation when it comes to not making the wisest choice, but what about when it comes to making the wise choice? How is it that we know that we've made the right choice? Because see, we make thousands of decisions every month. We make hundreds every week. We make dozens every day. How do we know if we are making the wisest choice? Because wouldn't it be great if, if we made the wisest choice every single time. But yet when it comes to making wise choices, that, that we have some things that, that come, in, come into play when it comes to making choices. That, that, that there's something that, that we have in our life that when it comes to making choices that minimize, minimize our willingness to follow God's wisdom. And yet, then we have some other things that, that we can look at in life, and, and there's something in our life that it actually maximizes our willingness to follow God's wisdom. And so, so what are these things? What is it over here that when it comes to the, this thing that, that minimizes our willingness to follow God's choices, what is this? And, and, and this is something... That we all end up wrestling with. And we all end up wrestling with pride. And our pride in ourselves. But it's our pride, it minimizes our willingness to follow God's wisdom. You know where I see this kick in the most? Is where people say, well, God gave me common sense. And so I can make my own choice. And that you end up putting pride in your ability and your decision-making ability. And, and oftentimes we, we actually are going, hey, I already know what I want. I know what I want the outcome to be. And so I'm just going to make up my own mind so that I can get that outcome. But that is something that it minimizes our willingness to follow God's wisdom. And then we all have something in our life that, that it maximizes our willingness to follow God's wisdom. And what is that thing? That is trust. And it is our trust in God that maximizes our willingness to follow God's wisdom. That the more we know God, then the more we're going to trust God. And the more that we trust God, the more we're going to discover God's wisdom for our life. And that we're going to be willing to trust and follow that. That that we've got this pride in self that it minimizes our willingness. In fact, we can also see something that Solomon wrote here to his son. It's in chapter 11, verse verse 2. He says, when pride comes, then comes disgrace. But with humility comes wisdom. Who do you turn to? when you know that you need to make a wise decision what is it wh- where is it in life that you're like going hey these are the areas that I need to make sure that I'm making a wise decision and so so what where is it that you're going hey these are the areas where I know that I need to be making the wisest decisions but why not do that for every decision because see if we aren't willing to make wise choices if we're not looking to make wise choices then you know what we'll do we'll just settle for making choices and 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 for some of us some of our biggest regrets some of the 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 deepest hurts and wounds the, the the scars that we carry are because we weren't looking to make the wisest decision we just settled for making a decision I'm just gonna make it, I'm just gonna move on. And yet for some of us with that, we go, I'm gonna look back in my life. We call this hindsight. That I'm gonna use some hindsight. And what is hindsight? Hindsight is is this gaining wisdom by looking back so that we can make our best moves going forward. That's hindsight. And a lot of us have this hindsight kind of wisdom, but wouldn't it be great if we could make some wise choices that we didn't have to rely on hindsight for? Wouldn't it be great if we didn't have to go through the hurt and the heartache because we could begin to understand God's wisdom and God's ways and that we would have this trust in him to be able to do this. That hindsight, it can give you a better understanding of God's way of thinking <clears throat> versus people's way of thinking. That, that it really can. That, that hindsight, it, it can give us a, this clearer picture of what God's wisdom looks like. When we look in that, you know what? I I knew that that was the better. I I knew that would have been more honoring to him. And it gives us that. That hindsight, it gives us this bigger awe, this bigger appreciation for who God is and what his wisdom is and and why God leads the way that he leads. Why God shows us these are the better choices to be making. For some of us, we have to rely on hindsight to discover God's wisdom once you've discovered that, then let's trust his wisdom on the front end of every decision that we make. Because wisdom, it is rightly applying knowledge. See, Jesus didn't come just so you and I, so that we could feel better. Jesus came so that you and I could be better. That's why he came. Let me share with you something that Jim Burgeon, he's a pastor, and so there's something that he has said. He said, It is equally as foolish to know God's truth and not apply it to your life as it is to apply something to your life that is different than what God says is true. There's a lot of depth there for us to be able to, to wrestle with. When it comes to the choices that we are going to make and the trust that we're going to have in God. But hindsight, if you will allow it, it will lead you to a better version of you. But you've got to be willing to apply the wisdom by learning from your mistakes. Because you have the knowledge. I know I did that. I know how much it cost. I know how much it hurt. But you have to have the wisdom to learn from the mistakes. I want to leave you with one question today. It's a question I I really just want you to, to wrestle with. And here's the question. How willing, how willing am I to apply what God says is true and best to my everyday choices. How willing am I? Because I think your willingness is going to be based on how much you trust God. And, And the more that you trust God, the more willing you're going to be to follow what God says is true and best in your everyday choices. And the less that you trust God, the harder it's going to be to do that. And it takes knowing God to trust God. And the more you know God, the more you're going to trust him. And it's trust in God is what maximizes yours and my willingness to follow his wisdom. And So that's what we're going to be looking at is this idea of how can we make the wisest choices with our life? But what starts with having the highest willingness to follow God, what he says is true and best. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, thank you for being a God that, that you are the wise one. Thank you for imparting your wisdom to Solomon when he asked for it. And thank you for this book that we call Proverbs of all these pieces of instruction wise instruction that Solomon left for his son God I pray that you would help us to have a desire to trust your wisdom and to make the wisest choices that we can make in this lifetime so God may we seek to know you more And may our knowing you just build our trust. God, whether that's somebody that doesn't even yet truly know you yet. Or whether that's somebody that already does know you. God, would you increase that in us. So that we can experience your best for our lives. Jesus, it's in your name we pray. Amen.